Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I'm your host, Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you. Uh, we were not on last week, uh, folks, just taking a little break over the holidays. I hope uh, you all uh, had a wonderful Hanukkah for those of us who celebrate Hanukkah. Uh, the word Hanukkah is so special, uh, and I know a lot of people celebrate Christmas, but for Hanukkah has a meaning in it that's so deep and so wonderful. And there's a wonderful teaching on the Remnant Call, if you've never heard it, from a, a few years back by Brother uh, Zev Parat. But the word Hanukkah means to dedicate. And what a powerful thing to dedicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, folks, we live in a time where there's not a lot of dedication anymore. When you look at politics, when you look at everything's going on, people aren't very dedicated. There's no trustworthiness left anymore in our society. Uh, loose lips sink ships, but now loose lips are just a part of the of the everyday thing. And and God's looking for people who are willing to dedicate themselves to Him. Everything, all of us. And uh, so when you're celebrating Hanukkah, if you get the true meaning of the festival, when Jesus was alluding to that he was the true light prior to John chapter 10 where the celebration was taking place at, uh, he was trying to tell the world that he is the light that lights up the world. And uh, when we celebrate Hanukkah, we talk about the light of God, the light of our Savior, lighting up every man. Those of us that were in darkness now have seen great light, and we follow that light, and we're just so thankful for it. And uh, I want to start tonight's program because it's a very serious program uh, with a word of prayer. Father, in the name above every name, Jesus Yeshua, we ask that you would bless this show tonight to be truly a light unto the world uh, Lord, the program tonight is about preparation, and this is a serious, serious thing we're going to talk about. So, Lord, I ask that you would just bless to your honor and your glory alone. In Yeshua's name, amen. Well, folks, tonight's program is rightly titled, Before It's Too Late. And I title it that because... So many people like to wait to the last minute. Folks, I'm, I'm a terrible procrastinator at times, and, and waiting to the last minute is never the right way to do things. And it's very interesting how many, often I will wait to the last minute for some things, but in other things, I know when I've got a big event or something going on for work, I like to be well-prepared ahead of time. And nothing is better than getting to a massive event that I have to do or put on or whatever and knowing that everything is prepared. It, what a sense of peace that comes over us. But too often, everybody wants to wait to the last minute. That's why when you're in the military, your entire life, when I was in the Marines, everything we did in training was to prepare us for moments of crisis. And they believed that by putting us through intense pressure uh, all the time, which was a lot, that when we hit the moment of crisis in battle, we would be prepared because we had already been living in a state of preparedness. 
And tonight is a very important message because you don't want to take your preparation away, your spiritual preparation away with God and wait until the last minute. You want to be prepared. I don't, I'm not saying you're going to get it all right and have everything together and you're going to have a plan A, B, and C. That's not what I'm talking about, folks. I'm talking about being prepared in such a way that no matter what comes your way, you are now trusting in the Most High to take you through whatever situation that you are in regardless of what the outcome may be. That also means that you're willing to accept any outcome, no matter what, because your life no longer belongs to you. It belongs to the Lord. And folks, there are many times when we pray and we ask, but we don't receive. But are you willing to still accept even when you don't get it your way? That's a very important question you need to answer because sometimes God, as much as you may want him to do something, he knows the right thing to do. And we have to trust him even when we don't see through those dark hours. And tonight I want to start off before I get into the meat of the message with something you're familiar with. And this message isn't just about this, but I want to hit real quick a famous story in Matthew 25 that many of all of you are familiar with. And that's the parable of the ten virgins. And, and I'm not going to tear this thing apart for all the different depths that's in here because it is a very deep message. But there's something I want you to understand about this as we get started into this critical show on Before It's Too Late. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut afterward, came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of the Man cometh. Now, this is a wonderful, powerful story. And the interesting thing is, and I think I've taught about this maybe a long time ago, I don't remember, that when you take the cup of communion, if you look at the marriage festival, the marriage, uh, how it happens in the Jewish wedding festivals, and you can trace it back to the earliest sign of the, the earliest time you can see this happening in the Word of God is when I, or excuse me, Abraham sent his servant to get Rebecca for Isaac. You can see the celebration when they took on the wine and the, to make it official, the betrothal of Rebecca to Isaac. And she, from that point on, at the taking of that, was now a betrothed bride waiting for her groom, just like when we take on the communion cup. When we accept the cup of Christ, that communion cup, you are accepting the betrothal, and now we are waiting as a chaste bride for the marriage. And when you begin to understand that, the next time you have a communion, the next time you take that communion for the Lord, you will understand it in a deeper way 
manner that why we are as a chaste virgin waiting for the master. And the master doesn't want us around messing with other people because you have already accepted the betrothal and now you belong to him. And for all intents purposes, you are by the society, by law, married, but it's not official 100% until the actual wedding feast when it's all said and done. But up until now, legally, you have been betrothed to the Lord. And here we have the virgins that five of them, it said, were wise. They had the oil in their lamps. So we know that the oil represents the spirit of the living God. They were ready. And five of them didn't. They didn't take time to prepare. They didn't get that oil on their in their lamps ready to go. But the interesting thing is, is that when they found out they didn't have any oil, they thought that they could just simply go to those that had the oil and ask of them, and that would be sufficient. They would get some of that, and they would be able to get into the kingdom just fine. See, the problem was actually was with the five foolish is they thought they could get into the kingdom on someone else's back. They thought that they could get into the kingdom on someone else's anointing. They thought that they could get into the kingdom based on someone else's relationship with God. When the truth is we must have our own relationship with him. We cannot depend on our pastor, elder, deacon, whoever it might be, spiritual mentor to provide that way. We must have a relationship. And that is the biggest problem of the foolish virgins that they thought they could ride on someone someone else's coattails. Because as soon as it comes time for that, you will realize just how quickly those oil reserves that they have run out. Because God gives us enough for us. He wants us to share with others, but then he expects the other person to now come to the Lord for their full-time supply. It's the same thing we have going on here in the United States. Do you know that we have about 4.4 million barrels in our strategic oil reserve in the United States? That is about, that's, that's if we are delivering 4.4 million barrels, we can do that for about 90 days. So about three months we could survive as a country if we cut off all the oil. Do you see how quickly stuff would turn into chaos if that happened? There's not enough oil in our reserves in the United States to make it more than 90 days. And once we begin that countdown of not being able to have that petroleum, everything will begin to go to a halt. You see, we are totally dependent. Now we've become a little more energy efficient uh, here in the United States. We have problems. We don't have enough refineries. We still have to ship oil out. We have to still have to depend on it. Folks, we could be cut off in no time. If our enemies wanted to, they could pull the plug and dry us up in a heartbeat because what we can make and refine ourselves is not enough because we have to be able to not only produce it, you have to be able to refine it. We would not be able to survive until we tapped into everything else we had available and then built all the refineries to refine it. By then, folks, it's over. It's too late. See, America needs oil, whether you like it or not. I don't care what your political persuasion is, okay? Whether you think solar energy, it doesn't matter. We all need oil right now to run. The oil from the flinty rock, as the Bible talks about, okay? And if we don't get it in our li- in our lives, we will stop as we know it. I mean, if we don't get it in the United States, in our here, our country will come to a halt in a moment. We are fully dependent on this on the world to keep us going our strategic oil reserve is limited and cannot sustain 
But the real problem here I want to talk about tonight is the problem in the remnant, in the church, in those that are called out, the ecclesia of God, that are the gathering of the called out. What about God's people today? I see such a great parallel between what goes on in the United States in our oil reserve and what goes on in so often the churches. You see, we're so dependent on oil and so many people are so dependent on their pastor or so dependent on another podcast or so dependent on something else. There are so many people that are not tapping their oil from the source. They're not getting the spirit of God from the living God. See, if we don't have it, we will not be able to restain or sustain a relationship with God. See, the president talks about having a reserve to tap into, but what about the Christians? What reserve are you tapping into? Are you tapping into a program? Are you tapping into something else? Or are you tapping into the Lord? What are we going to do if the oil stops flowing? I would say many people that are listening right now feel like the oil is not flowing in their lives. And so tonight I want to share with you a powerful scripture uh, to me, one of my favorite places in the entire Word of God, in Second Kings, uh, chapter four. I think it's some of the uh, most powerful seven verses that I've I've ever read. Uh, when I got the deeper meaning of it, uh, it's something I have to keep coming back to myself to remind myself when I feel like I'm drying up. I need to come back here and reread this scripture, Second Kings chapter four, starting in verse one. This is what it says. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and said, Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest." Now, this is a wonderful story that many of us know very well. But when I began to see the deeper parts of this story, it began to open up a door into the spiritual world of what it means to truly live with God, to truly live by him. Now, starting off, it's a very interesting in verse one, the woman, she comes to Elijah saying that thy servant, my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditors come and take unto him two sons to be bombed. she comes with a problem to Elisha, who is the prophet. He's the representative at that point in time. He's the mouthpiece of God on the earth in that area at that time. And so she's in a way kind of coming to the Lord because she's coming to Elisha right then. And she's saying unto him, what do I do? And folks, when we're in crisis, where do we go? We go to the Lord. Absolutely. And I hope we go before we're in crisis. 
And so Elijah's like, well, what do you want me to do? It's like our fatherly father's like, if you don't ask not, you receive not. What do you want me to do? He's like, what do you got in your house? And she says, well, I don't have anything save a pot of oil. And you see, all she had was a little bit of oil. And that's the amazing thing because the Bible says that every man, everyone has been given a measure of oil, a measure of faith, the Bible says. Everybody has that little bit. She had a measure to know that in her crisis, you go to the Lord no matter what. And so she says, I've just got a little bit of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. So Elijah, Elisha says to her, says, listen, okay, I want you to do something for me to pay attention. I want you to go out to your neighbors and I want you to get some empty vessels, some empty pots. Don't just get a few. Huh? I want you to get a lot. Go out and get them. And then he said, I want you to go borrow these, and then when you are come back into your house, I want you to shut the door upon you and upon your sons, and you're going to begin to pour out of that little vessel into those empty vessels that you just borrowed, and as they get full, you're going to set them aside. So now the interesting thing is she goes out, and her children, they go out and they borrow all these vessels, right? But the interesting thing was, is that the oil doesn't begin to flow until the door is shut. Did you catch that? The oil doesn't begin to flow until the door is shut. Now, you might be remembering a verse in the word of God when you hear that about shutting the door. See, in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord says this, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So God's saying, listen, you, you need to get alone with the Lord. And when you get alone and seek God in private, when you shut the world out around you, God will begin to reward you openly, meaning he'll make changes in your life. And so the oil that was coming was not going to begin to flow until they got alone, until they began to shut the door and seek out alone. You see, God's word is, is, is so deep and so heavy. And, and so we got to look sometimes a little deeper than just what's on the surface to begin with. And so they get alone, and it says, when, um, after then, it says, pour it out until they're full. But it says, so she went from him, shut the door upon her and her sons who brought the vessels, and she began to pour out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Now, the interesting thing is once they got alone, with the, once they got behind that shut door and had that alone time, the oil began to come out. As long as the empty vessels kept coming, the oil kept flowing. Get that? As long as the empty vessels kept coming, the oil kept pouring. But as soon as they got to the last empty vessel, the oil stayed. You see, the problem is, is that when we call ourselves believers and we don't spend any time with the Lord, the oil doesn't flow. But if you want to really get the oil to flow, you got to go out and find empty vessels. 
You see, the gift that God gave us and, and commanded to us through the Great Commission to go and to pour out, to share with others, as long as we continue to share and spread the word of God, the oil flows, but there's so many people that are in the body of, of Messiah that are calling out and they're crying, but yet they're never sharing Jesus with anybody. They're never sharing God with anyone. And if we're not sharing, the oil will not flow. Now, a lot of times people think that they have to be perfect for the oil to flow. I don't see anything in here about perfection. I saw was somebody that's in a crisis, needed God's help, decided to get a loan after finally hearing the truth, and the oil began to flow. Nothing mentioned about perfection. The truth was that they got out and they began to do what the Lord said, and that's fill empty vessels. You see, folks, so often we wonder why we're so dry in our walk with the Lord. And it's not because God's holding back. It's God saying, I don't have anywhere to share this with because you haven't shared the gospel with anybody. You've internalized your relationship with the Lord and never poured out. Now, I know there are those who maybe physically can't, but you can pour out through intercessory prayer unto others. Folks, intercessory prayer is powerful. But if you have the ability to get out and share, to share a good news, to visit somebody in the hospital, to visit somebody in prison, to clothe the the naked, to feed the hungry, to visit those, the fatherless, God's calling us to that ministry. If you want the oil to start flowing, you got to begin to share. It said, it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there's, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. You see, the powerful thing was that not only was this vessel, this oil enough to pay this woman's debt. But the scholars say there's enough there that she could have lived on it for the rest of her life. You see, not only was the debt that Jesus Christ paid good enough to get you out of any crisis, but he has enough to sustain you all the way till the end of this world. But if you're looking for shortcuts, if you're looking for an easy way, if you're looking to to being with God but never spending any time with him, then you fooled yourself into a wrong relationship filled full of humanism. But God's looking for those that are willing to get alone with him and to share the good news. Folks, you can't have it any other way. You can't have it any other way. The Bible has always been the same. It's always been the same way. We seek the Lord. We spend time with the Lord and we do what he says and that's share the good news with other people that Jesus Christ is coming again. We are at the end of time and you don't want to wait to the last minute to get prepared. We can't afford in this country to run out of oil or this country will go under. But somehow, some way, the, this world thinks that the oil that's in the ground will somehow sustain us when the truth is there is no one who will sustain for eternity except for our Lord. It's time for us to seek that heavenly oil reserve. 
God is calling us to be prepared for the last days, not knowing everything, not 20,000 cans of tuna fish, although I am for physical preparation, uh, as you can afford or as the Lord leads. But the truth is, without the spiritual, your cans of tuna fish are nothing but rotten cans of fish. God is looking for the spiritual meat, which can hear his voice and be led through the darkest of hours. You see, it's interesting how when the gas pumps start to hurt our wallet, when the oil prices go up, how all of a sudden we become uh, concerned about how much oil we're using or our vehicles uh, of, you know, how, because it begins to hurt our wallet. You know, so often we only care about the Lord when things begin to hurt our wallet. We're in a financial situation or something like that. It's time for us folks to get right and to get serious with God. The Lord wants you on his side, working together with him through these last days so that we can be profitable because in the darkest hours of this earth, we are going to reach the whole world for Christ. That doesn't mean they're all coming. Oh, I didn't say that. No, 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 no. But we are going to take this gospel around the world again, just like they did it on their feet in 30 years right after the crucifixion of Christ. It's going to happen in the last days, and God needs warriors. Everybody thinks the great tribulation is only going to be sitting there just fearing for our lives. Folks, I got news for you. God's going to have his army, his remnant reaching people in the darkest of hours. Are you ready? Are you willing? because he surely is able. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. The day of the Lord is come. The day of the Lord is come. With the lucky slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details